0: Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blockadian universe. I love getting my nails done. I have warned you that I'm bougie as hell. But uh, yeah, it's something that um, I've been doing since high school and um, I haven't looked back. I love doing it. It's therapeutic to me. And... um, Over the many years that I've been getting my nails done, um, I noticed something that happens, some sort of, well, I know what it is, we're going to talk about it, but I want to talk about specifically what happens in um, nail salons when white women are getting their nails done. So let's talk about it. So I want to start off by saying that it is really important to support black businesses, including, um, you know, in every way that you can, whenever you can. And where I go now to get my nails done, it's a black owned, uh, spa, which is wonderful. But, uh, when I was, uh, You know, in university in particular, this wasn't so easy to find um, in like a small town in like uh, in Ontario, just uh, I ended up having to go, you know, I wanted to support a um, small business, so which is also important. And so I would frequent a, um, salon that was owned by a Chinese family and, um, yeah, so this was, um, where I first noticed this phenomenon. So, um, again, this was, you know, my stress release of going out and getting my nails done you know, uh, every few weeks. And, um, I'll tell you the story of what stands out on my mind. It it was, it's like us yesterday. So, uh, we're all in there, you know, getting our nails done or whatever. And this woman walks in and she's like a middle-aged, you know, white woman. And she is, um, angry there's no or uh just yeah angry there's just no other way to describe it so she comes in and she's basically uh yelling at the woman at the front of the um the reception woman to say that um she needs to uh get her nail fixed because it's chipped. You know, she was like, I called and you said that you would fix my nail and it's chipped. And it's just, you know, I, it always, it just never happened and it's chipped and I have a party to go to. And, you know, we're all sitting there and we're like, um, okay, this is so awkward. And then she, uh, you know, another woman's like, Oh, if you can just wait a few minutes, I'm almost done. I'll take you. She like rounds on her and she's like, well, I've had an appointment and you know, I shouldn't have to wait. I'm, you know, the quality you're trying to fix this quality, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, finally a woman just says, okay, just come and sit here. You know, it's not the waiting area. She sits at like a, a, a station where you actually get your nails done and she's still there waiting. It is disruptive to everybody in the salon. She wants to be heard and seen. She doesn't seem to mind that we're all just silently, you know, staring at her, basically throwing a hissy fit for not getting immediate service when she goes in there. So... yes, this woman is crazy. (laughs) You know, she's acting inappropriately, but I'll tell you what's the crazy part is that her behavior in that salon in the, you know, few years that I was going there when I was in school, the four years I was there, it was not uncommon. That was pretty tame, you know, from people asking someone to throw out their, you know, Starbucks garbage, um, you know, to um, telling this person that they uh, should learn to to speak clearer because they couldn't understand them with their accent. You know, just all these little racist, degrading comments were rampant in the this situation. And I have never seen such white privilege on display before you know <laughs> i as you know as a black woman in canada that, those kinds of microaggressions were you know commonplace but something happened when these women entered this space the entitlement level went through the roof just through the roof, these women expected to be, you know, this is a place of, you know, pampering. And as white women, they felt that superiority when they crossed that threshold. You're probably like, Oh no, no, Denise, come on. Like this is just some terrible, you know, women, but I'll tell you this, I go to, um, like a black, it's a, I, it's not na- like a nail salon. It's like a spa. They do the full thing, you know, massages, whatever, but I go there just to, um, get my mani pedis, but, um, I've never seen that behavior. For example, the, you know, patrons come in there they are white, uh, as well. And I've never seen that behavior in the black owned spa. Um, The people that work there uh, that provide the services are uh, black as well as white. And it's, you know, fairly well known uh, because the owners are always there that they um, it's a black owned spa. And so I've never seen that behavior from the white patrons. They are, you know, respectful and quiet and of course you could be like okay Denise you know you were at like a you know nail salon versus a tranquil spa environment and I'll tell you what the difference is the difference is that the when you're racist, you know, how to and you don't want to be openly racist, I should say, you know, that it's wrong to yell and be overtly degrading and mean to black people. You know, you don't want to be labeled as that racist person. So you have to keep it in check. So that is why I'm not seeing that behavior in the black nail salon with the black spa. But when these women are speaking to um, these Chinese women and they are so condescending, so... um, Uh, so sure of their superiority that they it's like they've been waiting to be racist they flipped a switch it's like it's like code switching for black people but for white people they code switch into being more overtly racist and it's insane to watch they would never never talk to a white um nail technician that way never um And I've been in, you know, spas and nail salons that are, you know, white owned and the white techs. And, you know, the same uh, person, you know, I've, I can tell you, I've had many years of experience getting my nails done. And the nail person, they would be respectful and quiet, they would have sat there behind in that chair to wait. I've seen people come in and have appointments or have a nail fix. And they just sat there, you know, scrolling on their phones, waiting patiently for their time. And I've never, ever, ever seen them take the attitudes that they have when they're entering um, a space where uh, the the person is Asian, and it, it's just it's like um it seems like it's the last refuge for these women to um, have an outlet for um for their for their cruelty. The conclusion I've come to about this is that, you know, so there's a history of uh, Vietnamese nail salons in America, as well as Canada, and um, some, a lot of um, nail salons are owned by Vietnamese people just because of that, you know, history there. And I think that Manicures used to be a very expensive, uh, endeavor and, um, you know, for some, uh, it it still is, but it's become more affordable with these, um, sort of nail shops that exist. And, you know, it's sort of like a niche market, that, um, these nail salons have popped up. And I think what's happened is that these white women that come in there, they love this opportunity to um be reminded of a time long ago where um frankly immigrants served them <laughs> i can't think of a, a polite way to say this but i feel like they It's a guilty pleasure where they feel um, this satisfaction that something, it feels right on them to have um, somebody who, um, you know, perhaps is recently to this country who um, is serving them. And it feels comfortable to them. You know, that's no longer the case for, you know, black Canadians, for example, you know, but they gravitate towards these salons because here they can get a, um, uh, ego boost where, you know, um, an asian person is uh pampering them and i feel that they don't want to admit it to themselves but that's largely the appeal that they could go in there and you know act terribly with little to no consequence the flip side of that is that uh, sometimes um they'll be overtly friendly as though it's a big treat for um these women to have the pleasure of you know working on their nails and <laughs> i tell you uh another story and i you know it's not to say that you can't be you know friendly with um you know people that you have this relationship with your service relationship but it is a service relationship and it is there is there should be some boundaries there Um, not to say that you'll never become friends with your nail technician or whatever the case may be. You will, but uh, you know, a majority of the time they're just trying to do their job and be friendly because you know, you're sitting there with each other for a little bit. You don't want to have an awkward pass, but the point is it's a, a, a transaction and I'll tell you a story. Uh, Years ago, my husband and I were um, in Costa Rica and we stayed at a hotel and, you know, uh, uh, there was one restaurant in the hotel that you ate at every night. So when we were there, uh, for the week that we were there, uh, our waiter, um, you know, it was the same waiter the whole time. And so, you know, he got to know our preferences. And so he would, uh, you know, recommend these things, whatever. And we had a nice relationship. We were a nice, you know, Canadian couple. We're over, <laughs> just like super polite, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, he sort of, uh, we like wine. We you know, so we would always have a bottle of wine with our dinner, and so he would would say, Oh, well, I talked to, you know, uh the chef and he was saying this is what you should have based on what you're eating, and we were like, We will defer to your expertise, ha 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 la la la. Blah blah blah. We had a little nice exchange. So this <laughs> seemingly enraged this white couple. That was uh, also there at the restaurant and, you know, sitting a table away from us and they hated that we had this exchange with this, um, this waiter and, you know, the fact that he was thinking of us and frankly, he was an excellent waiter, excellent waiter doing his job, you know, had a little thing for us, made a little plan. Wonderful. And they disliked it and they um wanted to show how um friendly they were and how much they were uh connected with him and so they um were asking about uh he, his um his family and you know they kept calling him buddy i mean this man was 40 in his 40s if he was a day and you know they kept saying he was buddy and they uh forced him i want to say ask but forced him to pose with them in many pictures uh to show how they were friends and how they were going to tell everybody that they made friends with this amazing their amazing buddy, um, et cetera, et cetera. so if and I just I cringe even <laughs> thinking about it all these years later, I just cringe at all the difference uh, and I don't think they understood uh, the the difference. Oh, and asking him to tell them how to say stuff in Spanish all the time. First of all, Google it. We get a dictionary. I don't know what. But anyways, so that it just I cringe every time I think about it. uh. Uh, So the difference was that our exchange was professional. It was about his job. We I'm sure he has a life outside of this job. That is not my concern i can be kind to him and show him respect and interest by keeping the boundaries of um our exchange about his job if he were to share information about stuff about what he prefers what kind of you know wine he likes or whatever it wasn't about that it was about him trying to figure out you know, how to do his job in this way. And that couple crossed the line by making it seem like they had to be his personal friend to show some sort of respect, like it was a big treat for him to be in their photos or to teach them his native language. And again, it was this dynamic between how white people view themselves in relation to people that are not white. It's an insane superiority complex that comes across where it's a treat for them to shine their light on you. It's, it's, you know, It's not just about the service, it has to be about more than that to show that they're you're chosen, you know, they're gracing you with their goodness, or, you know, you've displeased them so much so that you deserve to be yelled at publicly in front of, you know, a salon full of patrons to show, you know, how unhappy I am with your service. It's a microaggression. It's something so hard to pinpoint and describe and the only way i can describe it is that they would never do the same with a white waiter or a white nail technician and i say the 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 difference also with the black nail te- technician is because they know their behavior is wrong so they and it's steeped in race so that's why they would never do it to the black nail technician as well because that exaggerated friendliness or exaggerated cruelty would ring uh, especially true to the, the the history of enslavement. So with, you know, uh, people that weren't historically enslaved in our countries, of, you know, Canada and the United States, then this bad behavior gets transformed into something else. And it's just this weird phenomenon that I've noticed that um, I really wanted to highlight because I just, I just feel that I, I'm just still trying to figure out what makes them code switch in this way when they interact with people where they can feel that they need to amp up the white supremacy, frankly. So I'll end with this. I It's, it's reverse co- white code switching. I don't know. I haven't coined a a term yet for it but it is that I think they these white women are transformed when they enter the space and they um it's an opportunity for them to be on their worst behavior frankly I think part of you know the pampering experience for them is just being a little racist <laughs> Um, you know, whether that be in the form of being, um, you know, dismissive and, um, degrading or, you know, overly friendly and, um, uh, trying to, you know, show, you know, despite how, how superior I am to you, I can still, you know, be gracious uh, to you. And it just it doesn't strike the right tone with me. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think there's a nice being friendly, but it's not. It's, it's, you're lucky that I'm being friendly with you. And that's the difference. There's that nuance that it's just, it does not ring genuine and true. It's condescension. It's just condescending. It is. And, um, it's always, always rubbed me the wrong way. So I'll, uh, yeah, I'll end it there. Just (laughs) let me know, uh, if you've ever encountered this. when you're out and you are in the nail salons, getting your mani pedis. Um, yeah, let me, let me know what you think. But, uh, unfortunately, and fortunately I, um, have, uh, haven't had much experience anymore with, uh, this just because, um, it's important to support your black uh businesses. So um and frankly all hell would break loose. <laughs> if the, this kind of shenanigans uh happened at my nail salon, they would be like, throw out your Starbucks cup. Can you not see the garbage right there? Um, yeah, but anyways, let me know if you've ever witnessed this phenomenon, if you know exactly what I'm trying to pinpoint here. Uh And, uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you next time.